Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. Hey, Claude, for the last time this week, how ya dern? Hello, Jacqueline. I am dern good. Love to hear that you're dern good. I am always dern good when I'm talking to you. Oh, Claude, I'm darn good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Morning Toast, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday for you, but it's like a Friday for me because I'm headed out on vacation. Not to rub it in. I'm just really excited. We're excited for you. We're excited for the joie de vie that you're going to come back with and that you're going to bring to the show. I am working tirelessly to plan a trip for me, Zach, and Bruce, like – I have a really clear vision in mind of where I want us to be and like the sort of vibe I want to cultivate and I will not stop until it is achieved and Bruce is there. He's a non-negotiable. Honestly, it's so important when planning a trip to have a clear vision in mind and so I'm really, I'm brought peace to know that your vision is clear. Yeah, but maybe like sometimes with a clear vision, like if it's too clear, then it actually doesn't happen because it's like you have to be flexible. That's key. That's true. Sometimes your vision can be too clear. <laughs> um, I know people can't see us because we're doing a podcast again, but I did want to just make note of the fact that I am wearing, once again, it has been through the laundry, so don't come for me. My sexy shirt is out of the laundry and on my skin, and I'm feeling, I'm not going to lie, particularly sexy. Are you on your way to get vaccinated in that shirt? No, um, I'm not, but I am on my way to steal your man in the shirt. That's so true. Well, not but, your man, because that would be gross. <laughs> that would be disgusting. You're on your way to steal someone's man. Yep. And also, you're prepared if you do get that text from that company saying there's a spare vaccine. You've got your vaccine shirt on. If there's anything I've learned from this year, it's that preparedness is so key. And that's just what I'm doing. And make fun of my shirt all you want, but I'm prepared and you're not. You're wearing a hoodie. Yeah, well, I always love to see your shoulder. It's such a treat for me, like, to see that little sexy shoulder. It's such a bright spot, you know? I think it's a great way to start our mornings. I agree, and I really wish that – I hope that when we get back in studio, like, you will share with everyone this shoulder of yours. You know what? I mean, this is a home shirt. I don't wear this shirt outside of the home. You should. Like, I bought it on clearance, like, for $9 at Boohoo years ago. (laughs) Like, it's it's the definition of a home shirt. Did you ever think that it would, like, have this, you know, cult following? Actually, yeah. I mean, there was – I picked it up. Like, I knew it was special. Yeah, it is special. And I I hope that you'll wear it into the studio so that people can see it in the flesh, like, see you moving it. Okay, you're you're bordering on a little creepy with your obsession with the shirt. (laughs) 
It's on the shirt. It's the shoulder. It's so stunning. Well said. Um, I'm really excited about today's show. Obviously, we have phenomenal stories for you. We also are going to be recapping last night's television in the TV recap segment, which was The Bachelor Women Tell All, which I actually have very strong feelings of hatred towards. Um, (laughs) And I'm just excited to kind of explore those feelings. You know, hatred is a new feeling for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone expected you to like come in here enamored with the women tell all. Uh, but it was particularly painful, especially like we said yesterday, like it's so irrelevant at this point. There was so much filler and it really could have been 45 minutes. And it was literally killing me like when they were talking about certain things where I just knew they could interject more relevant subjects. Like we'll get into it. But when he was talking to Victoria at the end and she was like crying, like let's talk about the video of Matt and his friends like making fun of her body and laughing on the golf course. Like, yeah, but I do think that that happened before Women Tell All. Yeah. And I would have I would have loved a moment of reckoning. Yeah, I agree. It was very emotional and her crying. It felt like there was just maybe it was kind of spliced together. Maybe she did mention that because it was very emotional. And I was just like, that's not what I saw for her. Yeah, me neither. We'll get into it. I mean, it really wasn't that deep, but we have some things to say. Yeah, we can make it that deep, Claude. Yeah, I mean, we we have made a shirt from Boohoo, like an epic poem. Like it's there. We could do it. We can do anything we set our minds to. We also have an amazing guest at the end of today's episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear. Um, And I was on Clubhouse last night talking about, like, there's toaster, like, clubhouses where they just, like, talk about, like, pop culture and stuff. And I joined one. And I, hmm, where was I going with this thought? You spoiled the guest. Yeah, but I forget what the point was. Because you were saying you're excited for the guest. And I said, like, and I really stood by this, that I think Dom was my favorite guest in recent memory. Yeah, no, the the conversation with her was exceptional. I think you and I both felt so inspired, like, while speaking to her and also after. Like, for the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. I just absolutely loved our conversation. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. That is a definite treat at the end of this episode. Yeah, Dom Roberts is an amazing creator on Instagram who's like blown up in the last year. Now she has a podcast and she really has an amazing way of tackling really dense, often uncomfortable topics like race within pop culture, just race within our society in a very accessible way. And I feel like she's really, really smart. And so I just am excited for more people to hear her perspective and just her her story, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was amazing. So stay tuned for that. That'll be at the end of the episode. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear that. Same. So should we get into everything? So the sooner we get through it, the sooner they can listen to the fabulous interview. I mean, I think that's a really like perfect, like that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, it does make sense. I could circle the drains more, but I don't want to stay in chat. Oh my God. Yes. I could stay in chat. Could stay in chat. But I don't want to stay, stay in, chat. in chat. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> speaking of quoting movies last night Ben and I were making dinner and we like had two packs of chicken and I took the one that like looked better like with less veins and he was like oh and then I gave him like the shitty one he's like good he's like that's the one I wanted and I'm like good because it's the one that you got (laughs) and he was so offended because I guess it's like really like a mean thing to say but it's a quote from fucking confessions of a teenage drama queen (laughs) his face turned like red and I'm like it's a quote And I said it with, like, that nasty Megan Fox attitude, like, good, because it's the one that you got, you know? Of course. 
Wait, you also need to tell everyone what happened to your dinner last night. Oh, I mean, I did because tell. Because Claudia and I were sharing. Oh, did you do it on your Instagram? But I just no. didn't watch with sound. Okay, that's so hurtful. No. <laughs> I was um, I spilled the deets on the clubhouse. There was only 300 people there, so most of the people haven't heard. But Jackie was like trying to tell me about how her dinner was so treacherous because like it took her so long and it wasn't even that good. And I'm like, girlfriend, I have such a I'm one upping you right now with my dinner story because I spent like 30 minutes making dinner, which is a lot for me because like usually I'll just like pop something in the microwave. And Ben was not here, so I like sat in my bed and I made like a whole nice thing. And the second I got into bed, I obviously had to pee. So I put my chicken and my brown rice um, on my nightstand and I go pee and I come back and the bowl is completely empty. Theo ate the entire thing. That is so crazy. When you told me, I was literally speechless. Like, is he okay? Unclear. Are you okay? You didn't have dinner last night. No, I know. I'm like so skinny. <laughs> no, of course I still ate. Like I found other things to eat. I'm human. Oh, okay, good, good. I spent two hours making dinner last night. <laughs> I made um, Ina's lemon chicken again, and because I had chicken, but you didn't even like it soon. the first time. No, I loved it. Oh, oh my god, no! I said I loved it so much, and I had chicken that was going to go bad soon. It's like such an, a great, relatively easy dish to make. And then I also made garlic, cauliflower, mashed potatoes which like weren't great and it was just like so much dishes and it was like it was just also mediocre for two hours and I sliced my finger open like I like it's so bad it was gushing blood for like 10 minutes Ooh, that's like a kitchen knife in the in the thumb and it was a bread knife too it was a bread knife with the 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 ridges yeah Mm -hmm. so like pray for my finger but everything's under control thanks um well I'm so glad that you're doing better thank you um, and now that you are doing better, do you think that you have the energy to tell people what time it is? Yeah, I guess I could tell you that it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And you know what? I really would be remiss, devastated, and heartbroken if I didn't give major kudos to today's sponsor, which literally saved me hundreds of dollars for my trip. Because I've been, I was telling you, like, I really have been channeling my Jackie energy, just investing right, left, and center for like fabulous pieces for my trip. And Honey has been an absolute lifesaver because we all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for a coupon code is a thing of the past. Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for a promo code and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, food delivery, beauty. So how it works is you're shopping online at one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons and literally within seconds you can watch your price drop i've saved money on clothing food beauty it's really a i know about honey for years thanks to the toasters and now that they sponsor the toast like i just want to spread the message like proselytize 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 um the magic of honey it's completely free to download and it saves you money so there's literally no reason you don't have it if you don't already have honey you're straight up missing out on savings it's free and installs in a few seconds by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and you'll be supporting the toast if you go to get honey um at joinhoney.com slash toast if you want to get honey and support the toast that's joinhoney.com slash toast love it like if you get anything from us get honey so true Hi, okay. <laughs> Henry. 
Are you ready for the Fast Five stories? Are you ready for the first one of five? Sure. Hilaria, I'm sorry. Hillary and Alec Baldwin <laughs> welcome baby number six five months after baby number five. A source confirms to page six that Alec Baldwin and Hillary have welcomed their sixth child together just five months after the fitness guru gave birth to their son Eduardo and two months after um, she was called out for her lies. Yeah, more importantly, <laughs> how many months Hil- after they gave birth? Five months. Right. So I think people like internet sleuths have... Um, come to the conclusion that she couldn't have given birth to this baby herself. So what are the sleuths saying? Um, Surrogate or adoption. Okay. She announced the news on Monday with a picture on Instagram that showed her and the baby alongside um, their other children. She captioned the family snap seven and included a red heart emoji. Okay. So I think it's also really, really important to um, unpack this caption because the number seven um, really doesn't make sense because if she now has six kids and then she was in the picture, Alec took it. She's saying like seven heart. Like what about Alec? Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think maybe it's because Alec is also a father to Ireland. Yeah, no, I guess like when you have like multiple um, kids with multiple partners, like it's rude if she would have been like family of eight when they're really like a family of 11. Yeah, no, but how many other kids does Alec have? Is it just Ireland? I'm I'm not 100% sure. I can't because lie. Because this article says he's also a dad to Ireland. They don't mention anyone else. So, if so that's probably. The case, so she was probably saying seven, like including Ireland. Oh, okay. That actually makes sense. Yeah. And that, that's like, an, that's nice. So then I was, you know, sleuthing on, tw- on Twitter and the New York Times reporter who had initially written the Hilaria um, piece, which took just like internet rumors to a legitimate level, had reached out to Hilaria's publicist asking for clarification on the child. And the publicist was like, we'll be keeping that private at this time. So they're not giving us any sort of, you know, insight. So I think people have just deduced nice sat word um i dropped a deduce (laughs) (laughs) um people have deduced that uh this child was probably a surrogate or an adopt adoption yeah well very nice happy for their growing big family yeah you know what's cool like uh, probably about being hilaria because this is like a a strange announcement and like we're not getting a lot of information um it's just cool for her though that this will like never be like the strangest thing she did like she'll always have <laughs> something worse and i think that's yeah. cool yeah it can always be stranger for her but mazel to hillary and alec baldwin um america's finest couple yep okay Wait, what was next- the child's name um, I'm not sure that she said. I don't think that she said. She just posted seven. Okay, because I will be interested to see the name of the child because all of her children's past names have like a Latin, like we have Eduardo, Romeo, and I think it was all a part of her, you know, fake image of yes. being Latin. Um, And so I'm curious, like, are we going to get like a Matthew or are we going to get like a... Mateo. Yeah. What'd you say? Mateo. Yeah, like something more foreign i'm I'm just i'm genuinely curious if she's going to keep consistently naming her children in a culture that is not hers <laughs> yeah no it'll be interesting to know but i feel like at this point she has to stay committed to it otherwise this child will feel like different from Left the siblings out. when all of their names are blend well together yeah and they sound like a family so like, like if, if it's this them, one's just like if this one's jessica no like what oh is it a boy or a girl uh unclear Okay, let's just, just say for argument's sake, it's a boy. Like, 
what's the most like American name? Like Patrick. I, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I would say Patrick is the most American. It's name. actually Irish. Yeah. But Irish well, like, like, is American. It's like Bostonian, like her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm waiting with absolute bated breath for the baby naming. I feel like hopefully they spent enough time on it that they chose a name that could be either. Like maybe yes. something like Bella. That's Italian. Yeah, I'm not good at this. Yeah, no, I'm, but Hilaria is, and I'm very much looking forward to her announcement. Bella. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Best fucking line from Twilight. Bella. (laughs) Amazing, amazing, specific reference that, of course, I knew. Excellent. Of course you knew. And like, wait, I like how you also like held your chin, which is what Michael Sheen does to Kristen Stewart. He like takes her face in his hand. He's like, Bella. Yeah. So good. So, so good. This is your weekly reminder to go rewatch Twilight. Yeah. Daily. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Because it's an update on an ongoing story. Lady Gaga's dog walker, Ryan Fisher, opens up about the violent robbery and tells Lady Gaga, your babies are back. In an emotional Instagram post Monday morning, Lady Gaga's dog walker Ryan Fisher opened up about being shot during last Wednesday's violently kidna- violent kidnapping of the singer's dogs. Um, in the post, he wrote that while a car sped away and blood poured from my gunshot wound, an angel trotted over and laid next to me. My oh. panicked screams calmed as I looked at her, even though it registered that the blood pooling around her tiny body was my own. <gasps> I cradled Asia as best I could, thanked her for all the incredible adventures we've been on together. Oh my god, I apologized that I couldn't defend her brothers, and then I resolved that I would still try to save them and myself. Wait, so is Asia also Lady Gaga's dog? Yes, it was the third oh. dog, but that hadn't been um, snatched. Taken. I mean, dogs are so special, and I and I didn't. I, I saw that he had posted, and I was like so busy that I forgot to read it. And like now, I'm really emo. Like the dog sat. That's like what dogs do. Oh my god, I'm like so gonna cry. That's so sweet. So so sweet, and I'm so glad that he's well enough to share the story yeah. with us and to take to social media. Um, the story is improving, and you know. Happy ending. Yes, we're getting there. And I'm so glad to hear that because it was truly a devastating story last week. I'm really curious. I mean, I have to assume that Lady Gaga is like taking care of all of his medical costs. Mm -hmm. And I hope he gets some sort of bonus. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Lady Gaga is like a very generous person. So, I mean, I think. So I have to assume that she's going above and beyond for someone who like literally. She, But I mean, she is paying $500,000 to the person who returned her two dogs. So I'm sure she's going to pay the person. Who Ryan protected. deserves a million at least. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You should tell her. I will. I mean, this is me telling you. Yeah. So um, we'll keep you updated on this story, but so far it's good news. And this dog walker is a pee job. Pee fucking job. I'm so glad he shared that, that small reflection. I really appreciated that update. Yeah. Okay, next story. Taylor Swift is slamming the Netflix show Ginny and Georgia for a sexist joke about her dating history. Yes. 
Taylor Swift took her t- Twitter to speak out against Netflix and its comedy Ginny and Georgia after an episode featured a joke about her dating history. The joke said, what do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. She said, hey, Ginny and Georgia, 2010 called and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horseshit as funny? Also, at Netflix, after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on her. Broken heart. Happy Women's History Month, I guess. Okay, I'm feeling really torn. Let me tell you why. One, because I blindly stand Taylor Swift and... And I know that like jokes like this are they really are indicative of like the the narrative, especially like within popular culture, of like the way we speak about women. When like at the end of the day, like Taylor Swift was like a young, successful woman who dated like had a lot of boyfriends. Like, is that a crime? Like, it's so stupid the way that people talk about like she only writes songs like I'm so on that side. It's so sexist. Like nobody says George Clooney literally until he was 50 had a new girlfriend every year. Like, please. No. And it's like it's so sexist and it's so old it's like an old joke from eight years ago like it's not relevant anymore and we've moved on we've evolved past that sort of joke and it's obviously something that triggers her because it was like that's why she wrote blank space like it was just what she was known as point blank period like and she couldn't get out of that narrative so it's obviously something that's like deeply triggers her um and I'm so here for her defending herself but I do have one small like thing which is like you just you can't expect and trust me this is something I struggle with myself it's like you can't expect that like I just don't think you could fight every battle. That's what I wanted to say, you know? And I don't know if this was a battle worth fighting. I don't think that it was. It's it's kind of random. Have you heard of this show? Yes. Well, you're like young and stuff too. So you've heard (gasps) of stuff. Thank you. You've heard of stuff that I haven't. I was just thinking about that. How like you're on TikTok and you know like all of these creators and all of these things. And I'm just like the grandma of the show. But I speak for the other grandmas who listen. Well, not to keep bringing up the clubhouse that I was on last night, but I did meet a lovely young woman named Avery who's a huge toaster and is in high school. So I just feel like we have to cover all of our bases. Like, I feel like I'm really, I'm really like, you know, the 15 to 25 year olds and you're really like the 25 to 35 year olds. And then like our, our wisdom is our 35 to 55s. Oh, I was going to say like you're 30 and below and I'm like 30 to 100. (laughs) Oh, I actually think that's a better assessment. But you never know. Actually, no, I'm sure there's plenty of 30-year-olds who relate to you. And I'm sure there's plenty of teens who just love I mean, my brand of granny On the chat boards, the teens are obsessed with you. Really? Mm-hmm. It's the camper. She gets the eight and plus crowd. No, she brings your, like, your group average age down. <laughs> right, because it's like, I'm 65 on the outside, I'm eight on the inside. Well, actually, I would argue that... On the outside, you look like an 11-year-old, and on the inside, you have the heart of a 75-year-old. That's true. And the wisdom and experience. Wow, that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. So all of this to say, I've never heard of Ginny in Georgia. Yeah, no, it's. I, I was going to watch it. It didn't really pique my interest. Um, and then I heard more about it because Taylor was trending on Twitter all day yesterday, the hashtag, hashtag respect Taylor Swift. And the Swifties oh, so like, made so it an the, issue. It, they made it an issue. She responded to the issue. Okay, because I didn't know that context, and I thought, like, she made it an issue, and it's like, I would have never heard this joke if she didn't bring it up, and it's like, you're right. actually giving the joke more legs and more right. light. Because it seems like Taylor is, um, 
going after a random show, a random episode, a random line. You know, it's like so specific, a random, you know, she has a huge platform. She very rarely tweets. And I'm like, this is the hill you're going to die on. And I know that it's about a much larger issue. And it's and it really it's one that I think she gives great voice to. And she's always been an advocate for like the way people talk about her versus they talk about male artists is so different. And I get that it's part of a larger issue. I just feel like you can't win every battle. And I didn't know if this was like a fight worth starting. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I, it clearly bothers her, and she's allowed to be bothered. A hundred percent. Okay, ready for our next story? Unless, no, unless it's a story that's brought to you by Curtsy. Is that? It, it, it is. Wow. Funnily enough. You guys know Jackie and I like to be different and wear unique pieces that no one else has. And that's why we've been going on curtsy to shop and finding the coolest pieces. After sitting in the same sweatpants all year, we decided to freshen up our wardrobe and we've been shopping and selling on curtsy. We love it because they have the coolest pieces at thrift store prices delivered to you. So what's missing in your, in your closet? Closet Tie dye? You know, I learned on TikTok, the kids are wearing shackets these days, shirt jackets. I've been seeing all the young people wear it. So they actually have quite a few great options on curtsy. Whatever you're looking for, Curtsy is the latest styles you actually want at a price you can afford. Curtsy is amazing because you're shopping from real women in your size and style. It's super easy to use, and we have found some amazing deals. It's also really nice that it's just women's clothes. And with the Curtsy app, you get thrift store prices delivered to your door. There's no need to sort through thousands of items that aren't in your style or your size. We found Lululemon tops for $20 and the Lululemon Lululemon leggings Lululemon leggings, say that five times fast, um, for only $40. So they carry great brands like Nike, Urban Outfitters, Princess Polly, Levi's. It's all up to 70% off. And you can also sell on Curtsy. And selling your clothes can actually be a huge pain in the ass, which is why our closets are always overflowing. But Curtsy has made the selling process super easy. Anyone can do it. And if you don't know how to price your items, Curtsy has, uh, suggests a price, which is super helpful for you. So if you don't have a printer, they'll mail you a shipping label for free. It's really, they make it super, super easy. Um, if you want a sustainable way to get Brandy, Urban, Champion, and Lululemon delivered directly to your door, download Curtsy today and enter the promo code TOAST for 15% off your first order. Search for Curtsy in the App Store, spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y. Enter the promo code TOAST for 15% off your first order. That's the Curtsy app, promo code toast love it okay next up kim kardashian an alleged trespasser crashes into her gate told the cops he wanted to see her i think that's reasonable (laughs) i mean was it me at least he's honest yeah and that what's the lyric shit it's um uh, whatever what song it's a, I'm putting together a lot of songs. I'm putting together Teenage Drama Queen. That girl was me. I'm putting bum, together a uh, Taylor Swift song. And the, oh, Miss American Dynasty. Um, Miss American Dynasty? That's not a song. <laughs> Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince? No, Last Great American Dynasty where she was oh. like, um, and that girl was me. Yeah, like, no. And then it was bought by me. By me. So yeah, right. And then I trespassed by me. <laughs> Kim's got more headaches to deal with. Cops say a man crashed through the gate to her Hidden Hills community and said he was trying to pay her a visit. Can relate. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ that the incident happened around 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday when a 24-year-old man breached the main entrance gate in an effort to track down Kim at her Hidden Hills home. uh, TMZ is told security managed to stop the guy before he can get anywhere near Kim's place and the sheriff was called. 
Okay, like, I know we're joking, but Kim has four kids, and it's actually, like, really not funny. And this is one of the parts of, like, celebrity that, like, is so scary. Because you can live in Hidden Hills, which is arguably one of the safest, most high-profile gated communities in the world. Like, it is so well-known, only, like, the richest of the rich. So you can not only get into the community, but then you can also get past Kim. When we watch keeping up with the Kardashians. We know she has crazy fucking security. So it's really scary that like a random freak can do this, especially to some, someone with kids. And not that it wouldn't be scary if you didn't have kids, but it takes it to a whole other level. And this is actually like not funny. And this is really gross. Yeah. Just want to let you know, he crashed through the gate of the community gate. So like he rolled up to Hidden Hills. I, I don't know how, in what manner he crashed into it. And then they, the sheriff, got him he didn't get in like he wasn't roaming around the community finding her house going into her personal gate okay thank you so much that is a huge difference and okay less scary but still alarming yeah still alarming I feel like the Kardashians deal with even more of these um incidences than we probably even know about yeah and I'm sure for Kim it's just extremely um unsettling Yeah, Yeah, Kendall had, like, a crazy stalker. I think she still does for years. Like, this guy tortures her. You know, Taylor Swift had one, too. He, like, hit up... He, like, was doing a cross-country... Yeah, a cross-country marathon trying to sleep in her different homes. He got into her Rhode Island house. She wasn't home, thank God. But, um, like, slept in her bed. New York is hard. I think that's why a lot of celebrities live in New York. Like, it's really tough to get up in people's apartments. Yeah. I thought that he got into New York, though. I, I know he got into Rhode Island. That's so crazy. If you had Taylor Swift's real estate portfolio, I know she has a huge compound in L.A. I believe her uh, Nashville place is like a penthouse. I think it's an apartment. Um, She's got the New York sickening loft, the Rhode Island beach house. And I have to assume she has a place in London now um, with Joe. Where would you spend most of your time? Well, it depends. Like I would definitely spend my quarantine in Rhode Island yeah like so sickening but I would love to see what she's got going on in Nashville yeah me too especially because that was I think like her first big purchase like because she was based there for so long yeah which is why when we watched um whichever documentary it was the fact that she was writing songs in in LA LA during quarantine like that she quarantined in LA was really shocking yeah but I'm sure her LA home I, I actually remember reading somewhere it's like a famous home she like a Merv Griffin type of home that she bought it's like a landmark um I'm sure it's sickening as well. I'm sure it was just like, where where do her and Joe want to spend a month here, a month there? And when you have a plane, you really can go anywhere. Yeah, but like she stayed in L.A. and she wrote all the songs and like she made a, a makeshift studio in the guest room. So maybe that's her telling us that her L.A. home is her nicest one, even though the the Rhode Island one is so sick. But it's become like a piece of Americana in the sense that like so many iconic pop culture moments happen there and there's so much history to the house in terms of American history. And it's actually kind of accessible to the public because it's on a, it's the beach is private, but it's obviously connected to a, a public beach. And like, it's, a, it's on a hill, but people stand outside. And that must be quite like disarming. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Need. Okay. Are you ready for our fifth and final story, which is a little business music news? A little business music news. Yeah. U.S. fans spent more on vinyl than CDs last year for the first time since 1986. Huh. I don't know why, but that does not surprise me. Who the fuck is buying CDs? I know, but it's like for so long, like CDs outpaced vinyl because it was like new technology, new technology. And like this is the first time that it's like 
obviously CDs aren't new technology, but you would think that if you had any sort of player, even think of like your car. A lot of people still have CD uh, players in their car, but this is like the nostalgia of vinyl has, has once again outpaced. I think it's called a CD-ROM, if I'm remembering correctly. In the car? Yeah, like the CD-ROM. You think Like the little slit. You think that's a CD-ROM, huh? Let me just Google it. How would, like how would you spell ROM? ROM is the disc. Oh, you know what? That's But no, it's like fair. when you have that five CD player in your car. like Yeah, like lit. what's that thing called? Like a stereo. Yeah, no, but it's like a five CD player. No, you're right. The CD-ROM is like the disc itself. Yeah, but this year, vinyl was king. In the United States, the format outsold CD albums on a monetary basis in 2020, according to new data from industry body, the RIAA. It was the first time that vinyl trumped CDs annual revenues in the U.S. for 34 years. I mean, that's a sign of the times, y'all. It is, but honestly, what's shocking to me about this is that this was the first year, because people have been, like, into vinyls. They've been selling them at Urban Outfitters since I was in high school, and it's always been, like, a thing. Not everyone does, but there was a huge community of, like, vinyl, you know, connoisseurs, but I, I never felt like there was that community for CDs. No, there's not, but I'm saying, like, it's, like, obviously CD technology has been waning over the years, you know, with iPhones Mm -hmm. and Bluetooth and whatnot but like there were still CD capabilities and people were buying CDs like because it was newer technology than vinyl but now buying vinyl has like outpaced the decline of CDs right and I guess like at the end of the day Walmart Best Buy Target like they still have a CD section they do. I was at Barnes and Noble and they had CDs. Do they, they have vinyls? Had, they had vinyls too. You know, I don't I think have Walmart and Target. I don't think they sell vinyls. Maybe Target. They, they might. They really might. It's a really fun thing if you're uh, into music to get some vinyls. Yeah, it's also like a really fun thing if you have a lot of space for like a machine and like a shelf with all your vinyls. Yeah. My machine stuff stuff happened. I got I got ahead of myself. I got a nice machine. And then I got it didn't it. have a speaker connected to it. So I didn't know what? how to set up with a speaker and Zach wouldn't help me because he was like, you shouldn't have gotten it. So now <laughs> I don't know where it is. I got one for free and I literally never opened it. I still think it's in our studio sitting on a shelf yeah, somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm going to take it ever since my debacle. Well, it's all mine. yours. I look forward to it. Bruce hasn't listened to anything on vinyl yet. Like, it's a fucking Ooh, shame. His amateur ears, he's missing out. Oh, and he's got such big ears. He would love the smooth sounds. Oh, little Bruce. I'm gonna wake him up. He's right behind me. Okay, let's stop. He's like, he's going ham. Well, now I, I know how per- Theo feels on the toast. I think that's the perfect segue into our TV recap segment, which is The Bachelor. Women Tell All, final episode before the finale, and it just couldn't come fast enough. And we'll get into, like, the, the idiocy that was the, the giant what? waste the, of time. Next week's, next week's not the finale. Okay, literally, Chris Harrison said. In two weeks. He said, like, March Oh, so there's 15. one more episode? Oh, Yeah, because dear. it's like he's going to go from three to two, and then the finale, yeah. right? I did right? think it was weird when he said that, because we still Wait, already... Wait, but also, there was no footage of, like, girls dressed up for a proposal, so, like, I'm starting to feel like maybe it's, like, a Cassie Colton situation where, like, someone leaves, and Matt goes after her. Because they didn't have, like... You know, usually they show, like, the back of the proposal, or, like, a drone yeah. footage, like, so you know there's, like, a dramatic setup. But we didn't see any of that. That's an interesting point. You're right. We didn't see the actual setup. Yeah. The most we saw was Matt picking out a ring. So, like, why wouldn't they show him at the proposal site waiting like they always do? 
I just wanted to say before we dived in that like I do and I know I've said this a million times I am like the girl who cried wolf but I do think after this season I am done let me tell you why one because like honestly the season wasn't really that great Two, there's so much toxicity and drama, you know, from the Bachelor franchise, like the fans I've seen like really in the last week because the Bachelor actually, I wanted to bring this up one second, um, posted something on their Instagram, like a statement from the executive producers finally kind of, you know, urging the fans to back the fuck off Rachel Lindsay. And here, it's a statement that said, um, as executive producers of the Bachelor franchise, we would like to make it perfectly clear that any harassment directed towards Rachel Lindsay in the aftermath of her interview with Chris Harrison is completely inexcusable. Rachel has received an unimaginable amount of hate and has been subjected to severe online bullying, which more often than not has been rooted in racism. That is totally unacceptable. Rachel has been an incredible advocate for our cast, and we are grateful that she has worked tirelessly towards racial equity and inclusion. And I was really grateful that they did that, even though it like really felt like a few days too late. Um, and I was just reading the comment section and people are so divided on, on all the issues. And the like, I was just seeing like from both sides, whatever, it wasn't even exclusively people like for Rachel, against Rachel. It was just like the, this, this toxicity, like seeping out of this comment section was so disappointing. And I was like, I don't even enjoy this show and it like brings me so much grief and I really feel like for my mental health and just like I think I'm done. Okay I'll just ask you one question is there anyone that they could choose as Bachelorette that would make you watch? Yeah I would watch Brie because but I don't I think they're not choosing her I I really like her and I think Abigail is the next Bachelorette but I um I'm just not like an Abigail stan, and that's not enough to pull me in. Brie is the woman for me. What makes you think it's going to be Abigail? Um, Have you heard that, or you just no. feel that way? So in the Women Tell All, I felt that way because she got a lot of, like, one-on-one time, like, and to be honest, like, she had literally no relationship with Matt. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's why they broke up because he was like, we don't have anything. Like, it, and I thought it was a lot of airtime for someone who – um was seemingly like her relationship and her connection was pretty irrelevant. And they did a nice segment on, um, you know, she's one of, I don't want to say first cause I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do believe she's one of the first car- uh, castmates with a disability and, you know, showing all the tweets from people who were so appreciative for the representation. And I think that that was like a beautiful moment. And if she had become the bachelorette, it would just be like continuing that conversation. So that was just the vibe that I got. And at first I thought it might be Katie, but like they did not give her a nice edit and all the girls like obviously fucking hate her. So I'm like, Oh, it's not Katie. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel like they decided it's not going to be Katie already. Like I think Katie will do really well in paradise, but I, I don't think, and I also don't think that she would be the best choice for it either because aside from like her, you know, redeeming moments where she stood up and did what was right, like I didn't like love her before that. Yeah, no, and I was on her side for the most part. Like I do think Matt, I don't think it's like she was being a rat or anything telling Matt about all the drama and there were a lot of mean fucking girls and now they're all just pissy that they got called out, Serena C. Like that's not Katie's fault. Maybe if you weren't a bitch, no one would call you out. Like. Yeah, okay, I want to talk about the Mean Girl drama because I feel like that was really the theme of the season and it was, they didn't even scratch the surface. Not at all. And I understand, I can understand the fact that like that house is like, we will never understand what it's like to be in there and the situations that they're put into, it's just extremely pressureful. Plus like there's production and they're they're influencing you to say certain things and then there's editing. Like 
And I can understand that. And even Matt, I thought Matt was really sweet. And he was like, watching it back doesn't change my opinions. I think you're all really good people. Yeah. But, you know, I also understand how as a viewer, I'm like, this is really fucking mean. And I feel like they didn't, they should have had a moment to address, like, the way that the women treated each other Mm -hmm. was just, was on another level from anything that I've seen in The Bachelor, at least recently. And also, the bullying, I think, reached its peak with Heather and that was not mentioned once. And right before oh. we started recording, I saw an image, and I saw it on my TV, of the back the back of the girls from yes. the back. And there was a girl with long blonde hair. And at the time, yes. I was like, I wonder who that was. I didn't even think about it. And turns out Heather was there the entire time. She was sitting next to Kit, and they cut her out. So they obviously had a conversation about everything. Oh, and where they was cut Sarah? Oh, of course. Where was Sarah? You're right. I had seen a bunch of people sending me pictures like, I think that's Heather. They, By the way, I totally forgot about that Heather thing, how it wasn't even touched on, which is so bizarre. Um, they just me, spoke like, on, like, one of they, the- they gave airtime to, like, the most random shit. How many fucking f- footage moments did we need to see of, of dates that didn't make air? They didn't make air for a reason. They weren't funny or interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. It was like, there was things that we could obviously talk about. They didn't do that. And then they just, like, put in all this random shit. Um, I, I was really though- waiting. I was really waiting for like the moment where because it was so there were so many different layers to the bullying. And I feel like at one point, Jasenia was like our hero. And then two weeks later, she turned into the biggest bully of them all. And because like, where was Heather. that moment? Heather. Right. Like, Heather is like showed so many people's true colors. And like, so I, I could have understood if like they didn't even ask her to come. And there was just like it was it was, you know, an hour of the whole show, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she was there. Why did they cut it out? No, I have no idea. Like, sometimes there are girls who attend who either don't make an impression or don't say much, and they get cut for obvious reasons. But I can't imagine Heather, who, in my opinion, caused the most conversations on social media. Like, people were really talking. It was funny in the minivan. Like, there was so much there there. And for for them to ignore it, it was so obvious. Yeah, no, it was really strange. They literally cropped her out. Obviously, there's some people who don't even say one word the whole time and they just sit there. But, like, they're not, like, photoshopped out. Yeah, no, it was extremely bizarre. I wonder if she'll speak on it or if she's even able to speak on it. But I just felt like there were so many conversations that, like, didn't need to be had. Like, I I, I just feel like Matt's relationship with Katie is, like, a non-starter. Matt's relationship with Abby... Abigail, is that her name? I'm getting everyone confused. Was a non-starter. Even his relationship with Piper, like one week, yeah, he. I think when he ran away from the cameras and kissed her, I was like, oh, he likes her, but a non-starter. So it was just like so much gravity to relationships that I legitimately thought were irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say the only time I like really laughed and enjoyed myself was the uh, package they put together of him kissing with his eyes open. Yes. Like all season people were talking about it on Twitter and I never really noticed it while it was happening and I never thought about it. But That's because we watch, it, the, we watch the show while we're on our phones. We watch the show with our eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but watching it all together and watching Matt watch it and the girls react like it was actually really funny and endearing and like those are the moments that like make The Bachelor tolerable. It's really just um, it's not doing it yeah. for me anymore. Few and far between. But yeah, I, I, I can't hang say, on like, to those moments. I know. I just I have to just say, like, I enjoyed that package. I'll okay. say, I'll say something le- nice. At least you had a moment of joy in your evening. That's so important. <laughs> it is so important. So other than that, obviously, it was disappointing. And it's like, remember when, like, Queen Victoria was, like, 
the biggest drama. The most interesting thing in the franchise. And now it's like, even when she was talking, like, about, you know, people making fun of her bra straps and her under eyes, like, that should have been an interesting conversation. But, like, my mind is elsewhere. My mind is with Rachel Kirkconnell and Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay and that video of Matt making fun of Victoria. And I got none of that. So I'm not going to feign interest in things that literally happened three months ago. Yeah. Also... I feel like the girls, I couldn't believe that a lot of the girls took the position of, like, how dare Katie go to Matt with yeah. this, like, I thought that, I would have thought that they would watch it back and be like, oh, fuck, and then, like, come to the show and been like, yeah, like, we messed up. Not, like, come for Katie for going to him. I, I still think she did the right thing. It was so spliced up. Like, only the first 30 minutes were, like, real, like, reunion-type rehashing what went on in the house. It was not nearly enough time with all their filler. How many times we have to go back and rewatch clips from the season? We literally just watched. Like, yeah. it was so much filler. We literally all in all got, like, seven minutes of the girls actually communicating with one another about things that went down in the house. And that's not nearly enough time to unpack all that went on. Yeah. I agree. So once again, just another disappointing episode as we, <laughs> as we, you know. we're, as we near the end of another like frustrating season of the bachelor bachelorette. Yeah. yeah. Even though, you know, I don't like to group them. Tisha's season was actually very good. I know, but it's like, it was, that was just, that was such a crazy time. No, I know. And I actually really miss, and I, I know I say this all the time, like, I miss Claire Crawley and her chaotic energy. I know. And, like, her and Dale are, like, really back together. You know what? Good for her. Good for her. She fights for love. And he showed up. He showed up. Well, we're going to keep the Bachelor talk going because our guest, Dom Roberts, is about to pop on. She talks about um, growing her platform, the Black Lives Matter movement. Actually, we had a really interesting conversation about, like, inequality in the digital space. You know, black creators working with brands not making nearly the same amount of money as white creators. And it was really, really interesting. And she gives her hot takes on Rachel Lindsay. And she's super funny and everything of the sort. And I think you guys are going to love her. So we're going to leave you with that. And that is the rest. That's it. I'm we're back That's, in a week from today. Wow. We'll see you in a week. If you're looking for more content, you can always head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash toast, where there's over 200 episodes of content for you. So if you sign up today, like you'll be busy until we come back. Also, a new episode of The Redheads drops on Thursday. So ooh, make ooh. sure you're tuned in for that the book is the four wins by Kristen Hanna you can either read it or not if you don't want to read it that's fine we always give a summary of the book and then <laughs> the podcast is just you know girls getting around chatting you should um read like popular books in high school so then high schoolers will start to just listen to the redheads so they don't have to read the book that's such a good idea we've actually been meaning to choose a classic soon like what something... about like the curious incident of the dog in the middle of the night no no like no what about to, to kill a mockingbird or lord so, yeah. of the flies yeah, no, a book like that, Picture of Dorian Gray, Jane Eyre, something like, you know, that you would, that you probably read in high school, but like barely Don't remember me. And I think it would be actually really fun and interesting to like read a classically great book and have a discussion about it. I think that's, I think that, that might be my next choice. But the next choice after Four Wins is Dana's choice. And she has consistently chosen the best books out of all of us. So I would say it's a great time to become a redhead. It always is, you guys. Enjoy <laughs> this interview and we'll see you on Tuesday. This interview is brought to you by Manscaped. Tell him about it, Claude. How much do you and Ben... Well, I feel like... I, Zach loves Manscaped, but I love it for him. 
Well, COVID spring break is right around the corner, and you know what that means, spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Caringstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, I have an exclusive 20% discount code for you guys. Use code MORNING at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower. It's waterproof, a cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. I am married to one of the hairiest men alive, like shoulders, back, chest, face, pubic area. So, <laughs> so Manscaped is a brand tailored for hairy men, and they have amazing products from their razors, their electric razors, and also just great um, lotions and oils. Um, and their trimmer is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest or a ball shave. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Don't ruin any vibes this spring break or upcoming summer with some peaking pubes coming out of your swimsuit. Be sure to use their crop cleanser body wash to keep your hair and skin feel healthy and fresh. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaper Manscaped crop preserver. It's a deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com because for a limited time, subscribers will get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MORNING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code morning say hello to your new beautiful balls with manscaped that's some big dicks counts <laughs> we are so excited to welcome to the morning toast for the first time dom roberts host of the podcast called the uncomfortable podcast and just a general queen instagram aesthetic icon hello dom thank you so much for being here good morning millennials guys i'm sorry yes. i had to do it it was just the one time I don't know if it was inappropriate. Please forgive me. Not inappropriate. It's, it's always a good time to say good morning to millennials. Yes. It they is. deserve it. They, they deserve it. De- <laughs> I actually went on Good Morning America to uh, promote my book. And I was like, good morning, America. And the woman was like, oh, God. Like, that's what everyone does. I felt like such like a tourist. And like, she didn't think it was funny. But I thought that was funny. I, I thought it was funny when I watched it. And I'm so glad that someone else dreams of saying good morning, millennials, because it's like, it's my daily affirmation. Like when I do when I put yes. my umph into that good, like I actually start to feel a little better. Yeah. Oh, I, it cures any mental <laughs> illness, depression, anything <laughs> that was the weight that was on my shoulders cured by just that I'm statement. Just, so I Dom, urge anyone. 100%. Thank you. 100%. 100%. We are so excited to have you here. I feel like I've started hearing about you and a lot of the work that you did when you went on Lauren Elizabeth's podcast. And I think in the last like eight months, like your Instagram and now your podcast has really blown up and you're really tackling a lot of the name of your podcast, uncomfortable topics like race, um, in a really uh accessible way. Yeah. And I'm curious what the last eight months have been like for you. It's so wild because I went from literally working at Nordstrom and being a student, losing wow. my job, being unemployed, and then having this newfound platform, um, job, everything, like everything literally changed overnight. And it's, it's, it's really been a wild experience, but also one of the 
coolest things, I think, to be able to go through, uh, to be used as a resource and a person and look to as this figure of like, okay, how can we tackle this? How can we have meaningful conversation that really brings things to light that we're scared to talk about? And put it in a way that I think helps people grow. I think that's the biggest thing that has been so special with like my journey as well is like the overnight transformation was really all about growth and just seeing things grow and all of that. So that's such an important message. And I think your emphasis on growth is something that everyone like I hope can take away from this. That's something that we're always encouraging and talking about on our platform. And I think your approach, you know, cancel culture. I remember one of the first or one of the many graphics that I saw from you, but one that really stuck out to me was the one that was like accountability culture over, over cancel culture. And I think that a lot of people really resonated with that. And so like, how, how do you get to that place of like being able to see it in that way? Cause I feel like until sometimes it takes until you're in it, like it's hard to see it from another perspective. Yeah. I think where that growth took place was I was just seeing a lot of shit coming out, you know, with old, like people's old stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. I'll be the first to say, if we like had like a camera crew following me around in middle school, cancel, (laughs) I'd be done. Because you know what I'm saying? Like just- We know what you're saying. Yes, you know what I, yeah. We're just immature, stupid, said horrible things. And I was just noticing over the summer and honestly, even now more than ever, we're seeing old things come up and they need to be addressed. They need to be talked about. And there needs to be, you know, everything that happens is a consequence. And we, we have the freedom to say whatever we want, but there's always going to be a consequence. And I think I realized we, this conversation needs to be a conversation of growth and not like tearing people down. And I just don't think one mistake should define you for the rest of your life. Right. Because also at the end of the day, and I've said many things I'm not proud of, and and it's been a a huge part of my journey. At the end of the day, I didn't say them to hurt people. I said them Mm -hmm. because I truly didn't know better. It was, you know, many factors just being young and saying stupid things. And I think, and someone DM this to me the other day, like we should be counseling and not canceling. And I really liked that. Um, phrase, little jingle. (laughs) Um, Because at the end of the day, it's more often than not like an ignorance and a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge rather than an outright hatred. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes people say hateful things and they're fucking hateful people. Like I'm not talking about these people. Um, I'm just talking about, you know, the people, this is like a trend now, people who rise to fame on The Bachelor. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Or um, Instagram, there are these kind of exposés, like we found your tweets. And for the most part, I think it's generally due to a lack of understanding. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, I, I would say it would be due to a lack of understanding and a lack of whatever, a care, you know, ignorance is bliss. Like everything said out of ignorance yep. is truly bliss. And that's one statement that I can stand by. And I think the thing is, is the unpopular thing to do is to be like, well, have they changed? To take right. a moment, you know, cause it's a shock factor of saying, holy shit. Like they said all these horrible things, but then coming to realize, okay, that was seven years ago. What have their actions said now? And I think judging people off of their actions and the trail of things that have built them into their newfound character is what we should focus on rather than, okay, the past and beating the dead horse, you know? 
Yeah. And something I find really interesting, I think a lot of people, especially our listeners, you know, we have a, a, a big audience uh, of white women and something we've all kind of learned over the last year is that it's not the responsibility of black women to teach us, you know, you, yeah. you guys have done enough, like let mm-hmm. us do the work. Um, but I do think a lot of people like look up to you and, you know, hear about you on other podcasts and not necessarily want to want you to teach them, but you are in a sense, a role model. And I'm curious how that uh, like affects how how you treat your platform and just how that makes you feel. Yeah. So when my platform first started, I think I kind of took an oath to be like, let it be me. Cause I was just seeing, you know, there's a lot of hurt spreading throughout like our community, the black community and a lot, just people wanting answers and wanting to help and kind of going about that in the wrong way. And I was like, okay, let me be a resource. Um, And with that comes a lot of responsibility, but at the same time, I'm so lucky that people are taking my word for value as a black woman. And that's something that's really important and that I appreciate is that people are, are allowing my voice to be uplifted, my voice to be the one that's heard and not like it kind of secondhand from, okay, Um, I'm a white woman who's trying to teach you guys about racism because I heard this from my black friend. You know, I think it is, yeah, you know, it happens and it's fine, but it's, it's, I think it's really important that we're listening to people like me and we're listening to the, there's so many people willing to share their story, their message. And so I think it's so important to go directly to the source. And I'm very lucky that I'm a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also there, there is this culture that I think that everyone on social media, um, unfortunately has experiences with, and, that, and that's just bad, you know, trolls, hatred, yeah. but I, I do feel like it's more layered when you're speaking about uncomfortable things like race and they're like these polarizing topics. And I'm curious, like, is, is that level of like everyone, there's an expected level of like, I get comments like you're fat, like everyone gets that, <laughs> but I do think it's heightened in 2021. And when you're speaking about such, you know, um, polarizing topics like race. Is that true? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, I, it was very intense too. At the time I would get literally like death threats and people like, yes, it was so bad. And people just like calling me the N word saying all these horrible things. But then I realized, I think, you know, what's so interesting is people do saying all those horrible things to me. My thought process was, was why? And that's where the uncomfortable kind of was birthed out of the why. Like who hurt you so bad that when you hear from me, you want to hurt me or like you want to say all these horrible things. Why is me telling you to not kill black people or to not make fun of black women or harm them so offensive to you? Mm -hmm. And I think helping people unpack their hatred is something that is, is really interesting because it makes you fall in the middle. There's people on my, I think, who agree with a lot of the things I agree with, who are also like, you're too nice. You're beating around the bush. You're not getting into the into the juice, the meat. And then there's people on the other side who's like, this libtard chart hate her. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't win. You just can't. No, you cannot. No, you can't. So the best honest- you could do is just be honest and be yourself. Cause if exactly. you're, you know, you can't pretend to be anyone else because someone's not even going to like that person. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And honestly, it's really refreshing because it sounds like you have such a healthy outlook on it when you haven't been in the space for so long. And I think it takes people years to come to the realization, like you're going to 
be hated. You're going to be loved. People are going to think you're radical. People are going to think you're extreme. And I feel like it's really commendable that you have this like really fresh, healthy outlook that takes people years to like, I don't have it. Oh, I am. I've been doing this for eight years and I'm (laughs) sick to my stomach. No. (laughs) And you know what? I am too. And it does take a lot of humor, I think, to like make it just like, I think the bottom line is I have to believe I'm helping people. Like there have been a lot of times where I'm like, okay, is anyone even listening? Like, is this thing on? Should I keep going? Is this like helping anyone? And then I'm just like, okay, well, if it helps one person, then truly that is okay with me. That's true. Well, I feel like the way that you go about spreading your message is so is so smart. There's two mediums that I think that I find really powerful, like the visual arts and graphics that you do. And then also the medium of podcasting, which we obviously love. They're both so different, but do you, do you have a visual, like a graphic design background? (laughs) No. So what's so funny, all the graphics I was making over the summer were on my phone, like on Canva, Canva, um, Fonto. Wait, write it down. What's it called? What's it called? (laughs) It's like P H O N T O. And you're able to like download fonts is honestly like the closest thing you could get to Photoshop without like hopping in Photoshop. Without paying like for, $300 for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like free. It's literally free. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the messaging was, was I was like on literally hunched over on my phone, like making graphics and doing all that because I had a really shitty computer. Um, but yeah, I think that's what's so cool about the age we live in is if you want to start something, really nothing's holding you back. Yeah, that's so for sure. And now that you're in the podcasting space, how like do you find such value like we do, like in just having open-ended conversations? You know, there's no time constraints. There's no, you can really say whatever you want, including curse words. Like there's really no constraints. Like how has that allowed people to have these conversations in a better way, do you think? Yeah, I think what's, it's kind of, I look at it, I think of my platform or me as a person in this way, my messaging is like, okay, on Instagram, I've captured you by this graphic, like, you know, it's getting shared. And then an extension of that conversation happens in my, like on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so special about podcasting is like, you can just throw it on and listen and you know, internalize it while you're doing other work and stuff. And for me, podcasting is like a different beast because I'm like, okay, like, do people flex with me? Are, are people listening to this episode? <laughs> it, or it just doesn't transfer over right away. But I think sticking with it is one of the most powerful things I've done and getting those messages from like three people and them being like, wow, thank you so much. Like this helped me. Or I sent this to my mom and like, she's changed by this. Like that's so special and something that I'll never take for granted. Yeah. And I think it also adds adds a level of accessibility because, you know, sometimes when, when, you know, reading and I'm not like super smart, like in an academic sense. And I think a lot of the way that like the New York times and a lot of, you know, fancy news outlets approach the sub the subjects of equality and race can be a little dense, especially for someone like me who doesn't read the paper a lot. So I think that podcasting and your graphics and your Instagram lives are just such an accessible way to reach a group of people who might not be talking about race on a Monday afternoon at work. Yeah, exactly. And it, 
I think also like it helps with like inflection of voice the tone like everything you know I'm such yes. a smiley face person I'm like please do not think I'm angry um, right <laughs> but yeah I think that's what's so special and I'm the same way too I think I have also like I struggle with the imposter syndrome of like holy shit there's people who literally got a degree in this and I was just someone who blew up because I spoke out against something you know so there's definitely yeah. that battle as well but I think that's what's so special about podcasting is like you never know who's listening and who's learning from your words. Yeah. yeah, but that's also the world that we live in. Like, and I think it's super commendable that you kind of took this opportunity, like during the pandemic, when, like you said, you lost your job and things were down for a moment, but you turned it around, not only for yourself, but also for all the people you're speaking to. Yeah. And yeah, it was definitely, you know, we were, we were all down in 2020. We were feeling it, but yeah, I think yeah. that was one of the things that was so special about that year as well is kind of creating beauty from the ashes in such a I know that sounds like cliche but really it is I think so many new you were I feel like so many people rebirthed into like actually thank you I lost my job I was dying working retail you know what I'm saying and I think that's what's so cool about this is like I'm really getting to explore so much especially in like the digital space and creating different things as well, you know? So it's, it's been special. No, you're, you're totally right. And I'm curious for your podcast, like what in your ideal mind, like what is the goal for the show? Like, what do you want people to take away from it? I really want people to know that they can change. Like everyone can change and everyone can learn and it's never too late. I think that's the message that's so important for me. I think a lot of people get discouraged with, you know, conversations being thrown at your face or all these different things that are, are being shown to us. And we, it's, it's overwhelming. And I want my podcast to be a place where people can listen and be like, I can apply that today. Or I can use this message to encourage myself or encourage others. I just want it to be a place that like helps people on their journey of growth. And that's honestly my biggest goal. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful journey. I would love to join you. <laughs> yes, come join. I'm trying to join y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And so I want to get your take on, because a lot of what you talk about accountability culture, cancel culture, we're seeing play out. I know you're a fan of The Bachelor, a fan of pop culture, and there's so much to unpack in 2021 with old tweets and you know, so much, especially within the Bachelor universe. And I'm really curious, you know, as you, someone who really is a champion of growth, what your thoughts are on this Chris Harrison, Rachel Kirkconnell, Rachel Lindsay, like drama. Yeah. You know, what's so sad, I think about this whole entire thing is that we're seeing so many elements of like what I talk about come into play. It's like someone who's too scared to speak out, which I see all the time. I see, we see, right? Because like you could lose your job, you could lose. So someone who's too scared to speak out and fear that like they won't be accepted back into society. And then someone who's, who sees that, that fear and trying to protect someone from the fear of being canceled um, and speaking out of turn. And then we see a black woman, Rachel Lindsay, my fucking queen. Um, my fucking queen. Yes. My literal fucking queen. <laughs> just do her job. Literally yep. do her job. She didn't even say anything. She, like, she literally sat there. That shit. He literally was the kindest, most beautiful soul. 
And we see once again, these two white counterparts let off and Rachel Lindsay had to literally fucking deactivate her Instagram because the hatred was too, the haterade was way too fucking strong. And then we see Rachel and Chris still, still active, still, you know what I'm saying? Like still protected. And I think that's the fear and the tension that we live in is like, these two need to be held accountable but why is Rachel, I, we see this all the time, Rachel's suffering the consequences that these two should be suffering. Yeah. Right, it's like backwards. It's very backwards. And, you know, I, I think that what I want to see is just more accountability. Like, let's not be afraid to speak. Let's just say it. You know what I'm saying? Let's address what's happening. Oh, let it out. <laughs> Sorry, I just sneeze. <laughs> no, but you know, good. when you sneeze in, in Judaism, it's, when you sneeze when someone's talking, it means that what you're saying is straight facts. Period, queen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's true. It's really it's true. true. I don't know. Is that a Jewish thing? I just like. I think it is. Yeah. Like if you sneeze on it, it's true. It's like Yiddish. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be sneezing when I be listening to the morning toast. That's what I <laughs> <laughs> But no, you made a good point, which like caused me to sneeze. Yeah. It's that like there's there's very clearly like a mistreatment of Rachel Lindsay mm-hmm. by Bachelor yeah. Nation, who is a very outspoken black woman, and Chris and Rachel. And Rachel Lindsay like literally did nothing wrong. Like it's so crazy that nothing. like she's getting any backlash. Yeah, and I but that speaks to the culture of Bachelor Nation. On one end, we have people who are wanting to see change. Like, damn how many more white people do we need to see like fall down before we realize maybe we're a part of the problem and then it's like on the other end we've also created a fan base of people and especially who's been emboldened by chris harrison and the woke police the woke police fucking came out and came for rachel Lindsay. like you know what i'm saying and i think that that's what's so scary with our words and these people who have platforms it's like they're being emboldened they're being you know they're they're speaking out and speaking out of turn and i think that's where it's just like okay one graphic of you apologizing isn't going to be enough like you need to get on camera show your face and be like i am wrong because i did this do right. not, you don't like full accountability for your actions is the perfect place to start. And that is something I would love to see take place. What are your thoughts on, cause you know, we on the morning toast, like a big part of pop culture is just talking about people's controversies, their apologies. And we kind of dissect apologies. Cause I just find it interesting. Like I have apologized myself and I feel like I know what a good apology is. Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the concept of people turning off their comments on apologies. Like, do you think that's, um, like, like yeah. what do you think it's to me it's problematic um I'm I'm someone who turns off my comments a lot I do and but like let me explain the difference I turn off my comments because if I'm sharing a message I'm not going to let people get clout in the comment section to spread more hatred that's why I turn off my comment section that's so true like it becomes about the comment section and not the message and I agree yeah there is a time and place to turn off your comments that's a hundred percent true yeah so there if you're talking about a deep issue that could be okay turn off your comment section I don't blame you but if you're apologizing to people 
and you're and it also depends on the comment the culture of the comment section too because for for example like if someone apologizes and you just see people oh, you shouldn't be apologizing oh no come back we love you blah 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 and like black women are getting like bashed and like hated on and other minority groups are getting like bashed and hated on yeah maybe turn off your comment section um, so it really just depends on the culture that's being set in the comment section. But for the most part, if it's like people calling you out and people saying like, you hurt me because of this, uh, -uh. you need to leave the comments section on and maybe even read a few of those comments to know like the community that you hurt and like yeah. understand how you yeah. hurt them, you know? And give them a space to feel like they can be heard. 100%. Yep. And then another I thing I saw you talk about on your Instagram live, which I would love to just get your overall thoughts on, um, something really big in the news has been the Morgan Wallen drama, where he obviously, I'm sure you know, was caught on camera saying the N-word, and yes, which is totally unacceptable. Um, are you a fan of country music? Like, what was your reaction to that? So what's so funny is my friend Kenzie, who I stay with, um, she's my best friend, I had landed, just landed in Texas, and she goes, girl, I'm gonna put you on to country music, and make, I listen to Morgan Wallen. Not even days later, like two days later, <laughs> man comes out, says the N-word. I'm like, my God, are we safe? And like, I was like, Casey Musgraves is the only girl I can lean on in this time. We can trust her. We can we trust can, her. We can trust Casey. But <laughs> yeah, once again, if you're looking for a, like, this is how to not apologize. Maybe look at Morgan Wallen's apology. And I know that seems like really intense to say, but- No, I'm so curious to hear what you're gonna say next. He addressed everyone except the people that he hurt. Like he has so many black fans. Um, like one girl who I love so much on TikTok, she was like, oh my gosh, I found out Morgan Wallen said the N-word and was like- By the way, I know that girl. I love her, her content. The, yes, she's absolutely hilarious. And- I was just like, there are so many people who believed in this guy. And he was like, I hurt my son. I hurt my parents. I, I'm like, no, no, what about the community that you hurt? What about, you know what I'm saying? And I think also the problem was too, is he kind of, it seemed to me like he was trying to get off the hook by also being like, and I'm happy for him. I'm so happy that he's pursuing like, health and being sober but it's also like that needs to be a separate video yeah it's two you, separate things yeah it's not an excuse it's not an excuse being drunk is really that really you showed your true character actually by being drunk and having saying problematic things but that was the one thing that really bothered me about his apology he was like okay yeah sorry I did all that horrible stuff mom dad son forgive me people forgive me uh don't go to bat for me on the upside though I am like I'm sober now and I was just like fam we we can't be doing this like I can't take you seriously with this kind of apology you know yeah yeah no I I, I hear you I think that's a really interesting like analysis on it um I have one more question for you Jackie if you have anything pop in but my question for you is okay so this episode comes out tomorrow March 2nd we're now officially out of Black History Month. And I think a lot of people who kind of got um, over the last eight 
eight months, almost a year, it's been this kind of eye-opening journey for a lot of people and like really making um, like a conscious effort to just be more aware of what's mm. going on in the world and race. And I think Black History Month was a great like re-energizer for everyone. Like yes. I know myself, I definitely felt that way. Um, and so I'm curious, like how you think we move on, like, every, you know, people, cause people are always saying like every month is Black History Month and like, it should be, it should always be a conscious thing we're thinking about. So now that we're exiting that month in a formal way, like how do we move forward from here? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, making sure that everything we do is intersectional. Like, I love that you guys, like, on the show highlighted, like, different movies you can watch and great choices, by the way. Um, But I think always keeping that in mind, not boxing it to just, oh, like, how can we use Black creators during the month of Black History Month? But inviting them to other campaigns that we run. That was one of the things that I had talked about on my last episode was, like, I know so many Black creators got work from Black History Month, but then it's like, will that work carry out until something else happens? And so just always thinking like, how can we support, how can they just be a part of who we are and not just like a part of, okay, uh, so like we're raising a lot of awareness around this. So uh, we just want to focus, but like, okay, next month is Women's History Month the month that we're in, I'm sorry, this month right now, y'all, I don't even know what time it is, you know, but we're in Women's History Month. How can we make that intersectional to like Black creators, Asian creators, Latinx creators, like we, you know what I'm saying? Broadening the spectrum of how we view things um, and not just letting things go to the back burner, but always like inviting new conversation up. Yeah. And you know what? I think you brought up a really interesting point um, because in the in the digital space there are all these statistics that like black creators are you know less likely to get paid by brands and when they are paid by brands they're paid like 40% less oh. than white creators mm. and it's like it's its own industry now um where it's so unstandardized yeah. that it's going um it's getting like slipped under the rug and people aren't really talking about it but I'm curious if you've experienced that cuz you've you're n- new to the scene and your Instagram has grown so fast and if you've experienced that when working with brands oh yes I'm not even going to dox anyone, but right now I have a brand. Do it. Do it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm like, I have a brand right now who I, during like election season and like, that was like on the backs of like black voters. I worked with a brand to like promote voting yet to be paid. And the rate that I got paid, the most disrespect, I told it to my friend. So um, my friend who I'm with, she's been in the space since she was like 17, told me like what her rates are and I like started like crying so I was like wait what I was like that's how much people get paid to do this and they're like yes bro oh my god that you have an agent um I'm like working on like getting one I'm kind of yes oh wow (laughs) I feel like also sometimes coming up like in the digital space it can be isolating because it's literally something that you do on your phone in your room and unless you like or until you have friends or a community of creators where you can like talk to each other you have no idea if you're being overpaid or underpaid or what the standard is Mm -hmm. so like it I think just more transparency around all of that like so that people are getting paid for the work that they do and there's not this disparity yeah and being and like not being afraid to like ask questions or feeling like what I think is so sad is I actually had one of my other black friends who we've met like digitally she called me because she was like hey Dom like does this rate look good to you or and I was like girl nah like this is sus like these people are like low-key playing you 
And she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like no one ever wants to discuss this with me. And I hate that. And I hate, and you know, the rise of like black creators taking a space in the digital world only allows exploitation to like take place. And brands ex will exploit if they can't. That's just the T, you know what I'm saying? Right, no, they got no, budgets. Yeah, ain't no one trying to pay an act that, the, a living wage, an actual rate, if they can get away with it. And they'll do that to anybody. But I think especially now with progressive conversations, which is such a shame because the least, you would think the least they would wanna do is be like, my God, y'all have gone through all of this. Let me at least pay you correctly. No. <laughs> No, nothing but totally. disrespect. Nothing but yeah. disrespect in my inbox sometimes. No, wow. I know. And and it's I'm I'm glad people are starting to talk about it now because um that's what Ben, my husband, up until a few months ago did for a living. And it was really interesting um to like, you know, the know the back end, see what everyone was getting paid. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's like something that I'm definitely a big advocate for in the coming future of just like, okay, one way right now that we can start like making this a year round conversation, let's, if you're gonna use a black person or a minority group or someone to speak on behalf and raise awareness and all these things, pay them correctly. Let's start there. Treat Great them place with dignity. To start. Yeah, treat I, them with I respect. I think that's super fair. <laughs> I think yeah. that's super fair. Super fair. I think great place to start um, in this conversation, you know? Yeah. Well, honestly, do you have, are you anything else? Just, I just want to say it has been so fabulous talking to you and listening to you. And I think that your whole like approach towards everything, like I, I so look forward to seeing like what you do and where you go, because yeah. I think you just have like such a wonderful take on things. Um, but what you said about like Black History Month and us, you know, doing these things at these moments and carrying it through. Like, I feel like every time, even when someone apologizes for something, they're like, I'm going to do better. And I'm curious, like how we can just be better without having had messed up first. Like I, that's something that I just want to take with me from this conversation. There are like actionable things that like yeah. make sure that I am supporting people that need support. Yeah. I think the greatest thing is like the greatest tool that we have is reflection. Like look around you, like look at your friend group. Like, do you have diversity around you? Do you, are you an inclusive person to begin with? And like, that is actually a really hard question to ask yourself because, you know, if you're inclusive, it shows. And if you like honor diversity, if it's a pillar in your life, it shows. And then from there, if you're not, how can I be? Like, do I need to read more books to gain perspective? Do I need to like diversify my friend group? That's not a weird thing to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, how, what are things right now that you're seeing a lack in and how can you be a part of that? I think what's so beautiful about you two, it's like you guys have such an incredible platform, like followers who just uh, love you guys, the best fans, everything like that. And you guys use your platform. You're not afraid to shy away to talk about things and to own yeah, up Yeah, and to by things. the way, I think that's something that, um, uh, that wasn't always the case. I think I can speak for myself. Like I definitely ran away from stuff yeah. um, because it just like made me uncomfortable. 100%. And I 
think, and like I started this when I was 18. So like, it's a huge privilege to like grow up and all the accolades and all that, but it also has its disadvantages when you're not a fully formed person yet. And you're given this huge platform. And of course you're, you're going to run into things and into roadblocks. So I appreciate you saying that because at least like for, for me, I feel like it's been a conscious thing. And I think that's what we're seeing now with a lot of other creators who got, who either are super young or started when they were super young, we're seeing these growing pains. Yeah. And I think like one thing I also do want to highlight too, is like, don't be afraid to change. Like, don't be afraid to one thing that I always see people say is like, oh, I didn't want to do that. Cause I didn't want people to think I was fake. Why do you care what people think? Like, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's, what's so great about change is like, when you accept change into your life, you really start changing as a person you start doing things different you start looking at things differently and I think that's one thing that we need to have you know that's the acceptance that's the tension between like the accountability right is like to change means you have to do things differently and that's okay and not everyone's gonna be down not everyone's gonna think you're being real but at least if you know like I'm real this is me doing this for real nothing holding me back then people are gonna see it people are going to see it and people are going to know. Honestly, like that's such a great place to end. And I feel like what you said about like, how how do we be better? It really starts with yourself. Like I think to everyone listening, like if that's what you take away from this conversation, I feel like it will have been a really good use of your time. So thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on all of your success. It's so well-deserved. And like Jackie said, like I'm very much looking forward to the Dom Roberts experience. Y'all stop. This is my dream right now. Um, I I just want to say one thing. How you dern? That's that's it. That's all we gotta get you. We gotta get you guys some how you dern merch. Yeah. Especially now that you're in Texas. Yes. 100 percent act up in some how you dern merch. Just send the address, Dom. Send the address. Kenzie, I'm getting us merch, girl. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone make sure to follow Dom Roberts on Instagram. What is your handle? There's an X in there, right? Yeah. Dom Roberts. Instead of an E, it's an X. Perfect. Perfect. Dom Roberts. Different. And your podcast, The Uncomfortable Podcast, is available anywhere you can get podcasts. So if you're looking to get into a new podcast, we definitely recommend that. Thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure and an honor. Truly. You guys are the best. It's the honor is all mine. Thank you so much for letting me be on the pod. You guys, we... We will see you next Tuesday. We are on break. I'm hitting the beach. So we will see you Tuesday. Period.